Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. My guest today on Song of the Soul is Cindy Bradbury. Cindy has a passion for music that she lives out each weekday in her profession as music therapist and each weekend as the music director for Plymouth Congregational UCC. Cindy loves animals and the outdoors, being a bit silly, and conveying caring through her music. Raised Methodist and then Presbyterian, A job as music director lured her to Plymouth Congregational UCC, where she found a warm family with arms wide enough to embrace a multitude of differences, matching her own wide and accepting beliefs. Welcome, Cindy, to Song of the Soul. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Took a while to get you here. Were you being shy? Are you a shy Irish woman? Yes, I'm shy. Well, fortunately, you're not shy enough to keep you from doing this. You're the music director at Plymouth Congregational UCC, aren't you? Yes, I am. I play the piano or organ for the hymns, and I also do special music, and I'm in charge of getting any special music to come in to play. So is that different than being like a choir director? Well, I'm also the choir director there. Pretty much anything that has to do with music, I'm involved in. How did you end up as a choir director for a UCC church? A friend told me that the job was open, and I used to be the piano player over at the Augusta Methodist Church. It was getting to be a long haul to go over there every Sunday, and I found out about this job, and I took it, and lo and behold, I fell in love with the congregation also. 
Does this mean you are a former Methodist converted to congregational UCC by their music? I'm converted, but I'm not sure that it's by their music. It's more by what they believe in. I'm afraid I don't really know much of what UCC stands for versus what the Methodists stand for. But maybe I should backtrack first. Where did you start out? I was born in South Dakota, and I was baptized Methodist. And then my parents moved, and so I was confirmed as a Presbyterian. And then I stopped going to church for a long time when I was in my 20s or so. And then I came back to the church mainly because I wanted to earn some money playing the piano. But then I began to feel like that's where I needed to be. So I joined the Methodist Church, but there was a few things that they believed in that just didn't sit right with me. And so I was kind of not happy there. And so then when I found UCC and I started reading up about them, that's the place where I belong. I always hope that when people listen to this Song of the Soul program, that they'll get some idea of where they find fellow travelers that will help them along in their spiritual journey. What is it about UCC specifically that matches better than Methodist? What are the differences that resonate for you? Well, I'm a pretty new member, and I'd hate to speak for everybody, but the way that it resonates with me is that they believe in diversity, and they believe that people of different colored skin or people who are handicapped or people who have same-sex orientation, they're all great under God's eye, and that's what I believe. I can see why that would attract you, and I can see where the beauty of God's love shines through that. You're a musician for the church. Are you a musician elsewhere? Do you, uh, I don't know, go out and do the coffee house shtick? Or were you raised in a musical family? How did you come to music? Actually, I'm the only musician in my family. Everybody else is journalists. I'm the youngest of five kids. My mom and dad are journalists, or, or were, and my five brothers and sisters went into journalism, and I was kind of the black sheep. And my first degree was in French horn performance. And then I went into the business world because there's not much call for French horn players. I got to the point in the business world where I needed to go back to school to get my master's because I was in middle management and I couldn't go any farther. And I thought, well, if I have to go back to school, I'm going to go back to school for music. And I went back for music therapy. And that's what I do for my real job now. I work with developmentally disabled adults. And where do you do that? I'm self-employed, so I will meet with them in their group homes or meet with them at a local church. A lot of people probably don't have much idea what a music therapist does. What is it that you actually do? Music therapy is using music to reach non-musical goals, such as if somebody's having behavioral problems, you will use music to teach them how to control their emotions or control their outbursts or to teach them to say please. I teach some of my clients sign language because they're nonverbal, and I do it through song. It's also a physical thing. You know, if, if they're having trouble grasping things, then it's good to have them grasp a drum mallet or a shaker or something. And because it's music, they don't realize that they're learning. So you're a sneaky teacher. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let's talk about your music, and I think from that I'll get a lot more ideas about the various rainbow hues of your spiritual beliefs and life. Were you raised a city girl? I was raised a town girl, but I always made friends with all the farmer kids. So you really had this aspiration to be out on the range, huh? (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) Obviously, I'm leading up to something there. You picked for your first song, Home on the Range, and I was trying to figure out why. Uh, You're doing it with all three verses, which is particularly more beautiful than the one verse that most people know. Why is Home on the Range really part of your spiritual journey, your beliefs? Why does it fit for you? It's a very simple song, but it has a lot to say. And I was born in the Dakotas, so I was kind of born on the range. I think that it's important for people to bring our heritage with us. And Home on the Range is a very, very old song. But I think it's interesting that most people only know the first verse. So I am trying to teach the multitude that there's more to Home on the Range than what meets the eye. It strikes me that the second verse in particular is very spiritual. Yes, it is, and that's one of my favorite verses. I think we should listen to you sing it. I'm really happy that you're able to share this music that you love that speaks of your soul's journey with us. So let's listen to Cindy Bradbury for her song of soul, her song. She's going to do Home on the Range, all three verses. Give me a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. Home, home on the range, where the deer and the antelope play. Where seldom is heard a discouraging word And the skies are not cloudy all day How often at night when the heavens are bright With the light from the glittering stars Have I stood there amazed and asked as I gazed, if their glory exceeds that of ours. Home, home on the range, where the deer and the antelope play. Where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. Where the air is so pure and the zephyrs so free and the breezes so balmy and light. Oh, I would not exchange my home on the range for the glittering city so bright. Home, home on the range where the deer and the antelope play. Seldom is heard a discouraging word And the skies are not cloudy all day
Cindy, even though you were raised a town girl, did you learn to do things like ride horses and all that kind of stuff? Yes, I learned how to ride horses with one girlfriend, and I learned how to feed cows with another girlfriend, and how to put the hay in the hay barn with another friend, and I knew how to do all that stuff. And have you ever felt like you were maybe called to be a farmer, too? It's really hard work, and I have hay fever, (laughs) so no. Cindy, you mentioned you were raised Methodist. Are your folks still Methodist or Presbyterian, or what are they? And how does that jive with where you are now? My dad passed away in 1989, and he never went to church very often, just for like the important Easter and Christmas and things like that. My mom is very spiritual. She has Alzheimer's now, so... She isn't involved in any churches, but she was a member of the Presbyterian Church where she lives and was very involved in it. And what about all your journalist siblings? The two girls, one of them's Lutheran and the other one's Episcopalian, and then a brother is agnostic, and then the other brother, I would say, is probably close to being an atheist. And does that make for fun homecomings, or is this in Dakota style, is it you don't talk much about that? We don't talk much about religion. We talk a lot about politics. They like to argue politics, and I play piano while they're arguing. Let's go on to your second song. It was a John Denver hit way back in the 70s or so, Sunshine on My Shoulder. Why this? Uh, Actually, I don't know your age, so I don't know when this song came to you. It certainly was part of my coming of age. It's my coming of age, too. I look much younger than I am. I like Sunshine on My Shoulder because it was a popular song when I was in high school. But I like it now because it tends to really calm down my clients. Are you an outdoors type of woman? Do you actually like sunshine or... Like most of us Irish-type folks, do you need a lot of sunblock? I need lots of sunblock, but I used to uh, live in the Rockies and do a lot of hiking. You lived in the Rockies? Yes, I lived in the Rockies. I lived in Idaho. I lived in the Dakotas, and I'm living in Wisconsin now. There is something, I guess, about the north that calls you. You haven't been tempted to move south? Well, I have a very dear friend, and he always says that he lives in the north because he's going to spend eternity in a really hot place. And you can identify with that, I guess, is the moral of the story. When you're talking about doing music therapy with your clients, are you talking about you singing to them, singing with them? What actually do you do? It depends on the person. If they can sing, I encourage them to sing with me, but many of my clients are nonverbal, and some of them, are their muscles are really contracted, and so they need to relax, and Sunshine on My Shoulder has a really beautiful melody line. I think the words are kind of peaceful, too, so it really seems to calm them down and relax them. Well, would you do that for us? Sure. This is Cindy Bradbury. She's doing John Denver's song, Sunshine on My Shoulder. Sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy. Sunshine in my eyes can make me cry. 
sunshine almost always makes me high. If I had a wish that I could wish for you, I'd make a wish sure to make you smile. And if I had the song that I could sing for you, I'd sing a song of sunshine all the while. Sunshine on my shoulder makes me happy. Sunshine in my eyes can make me cry, and sunshine on the water looks so lovely. Sunshine almost always makes me Mentioned, Cindy, that you and I are both of Irish heritage and proud of it, I'm sure. And I imagine that has something to do with why you picked Danny Boy as your next song. Yes, Irish and Welsh is a big part of who I am. And also, Danny Boy is one of my mother's favorite songs. I remember her singing it when I was very young. And now that she has Alzheimer's, I can sing that to her and it will allow her to speak with me. And it's also the song that I've chosen to sing at her funeral. Danny Boy is also a love song of sorts. What do you think of the lyrics of it that way? When I sing it, I think of my mom's love for my dad. It's a really deep love song. We all grow up with households that are different levels of demonstrative love, of spoken and unspoken love. What was yours like, and how much did that play out? Uh, There's some Scandinavian households where I think you're not supposed to be demonstrative, but I associate Irish families with being demonstrative. We had lots of decibels in my house. We were fairly demonstrative to to a point, but... Being a therapist, I now see that there was a safe level of of laughing and loving and kissing and hugging, and then that was pretty much it. You didn't talk about how much you loved somebody. And that might be the Dakota coming out, but we're getting better at it as we age. All you Irish people and all you Irish wannabes, let's listen up as we listen to Cindy Bradbury. She's going to sing for us Danny Boy. gone and all the roses falling 
I don't know if there's any other nationality where everybody wants to be Irish, at least, you know, on St. Patrick's Day. Everybody wants to be Irish. Doesn't everybody love Irish people in spite of their drunkenness and their all of that kind of thing? Did you have to deal with those kinds of issues in your family, as I did in mine? As far as the drunkenness, my father was an alcoholic and my oldest brother is a recovering alcoholic. So that that runs in the family. And why are the Irish so loved? I just, I mean, there is something beautiful about it. I visited Ireland just a couple of years ago and had a wonderful time there, wonderful folks, wonderful places. I'm trying to understand what there is about their spirit, which so clearly calls out to a lot of people. Do you have any idea? Well, I think it's their openness and the kind of little twinkle in their eye and the kind of the mischief impishness about them. I think that's what attracts people. I already asked you if you're an outdoor type of person. <laughs> and when you, you picked out a lot of animal songs, and I, I was really trying to figure out why Three Little Fishies fit into your spiritual journey. Three Little Fishies is a song that my mom sang to me when I was little, but I don't ever remember hearing more than one or two verses. So when I started singing to my clients and needing to elicit smiles out of them, I started 
researching some of the more silly songs, and I found that one, and I remembered Mom singing it. And it's a fun song to sing. There's part of the story that goes in the song, you know, the fishies disobeying, going out into the wild dangers, and getting back home safely. Did you have to go through your rebellion stage? You mentioned there was a period where you didn't do any church stuff. Was that part of other rebellion? Yeah, I was pretty rebellious, but I think thinking about this song, it kind of talks to me about my daughter now, who lived in Seattle for three years and just recently moved back to Wisconsin. And she's kind of my little fishy. She went out on the deep end, did she? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It also strikes me that your music therapy work is not just work for you. I mean, obviously you love music, but I think there's something about spirit and connection with people. I, I have no idea how you conceive of Christian duty, of uh, what a Christian's calling is to be in the world. And I'm wondering if you can put some of that into words, how that relates to the work that you do. I've had a lot of people tell me that I have a great ministry, and I never really thought of it that way. I think of it as loving my fellow man in any capacity that they are. And I guess that is a Christian value, but I do it because that's what—that's who I am. Well, I think we've kept people in suspense long enough. If they haven't heard it before, they're going to be delighted by Cindy Bradbury as she sings the song, Three Little Fishies. Down in the meadow in an itty-bitty pool Swam three little fishies and a mama fishy too Swim, said the mama fishy, swim if you can And they swam and they swam right over the dam Boop, boop, did them, dad them, wad them too Boop, boop, did them, dad them, wad them too Boop, boop, did them, dad them, wad them too And they swam and they swam right over the dam Look out, said the mama fishy, you will get lost But the three little fishies didn't want to be bossed The three little fishies went off on a spree And they swam and they swam right out to the sea Boop, boop, did them, dad them, wad them too Boop, boop, did them, dad them, wad them too Boop, boop, did them, dad them, wad them too And they swam and they swam right over the dam the three little fishies were having some fun And they swam and they swam until the day was done The three little fishies were off on a lark When all of a sudden they saw a shark Boop, boop, did em, dad em, wad em, too Boop, boop, did em, dad em, wad em, too Boop, boop, did em, dad em, wad em, too And they swam and they swam right over the dam Look out, said a little fishy, here comes a whale, and quick as they could, they all turned on their tail, and back to the pool in the meadow they swam, and they swam, and they swam back over the dam. Boop, boop, did em, dad em, wad em too. Boop, boop, did em, dad em, wad em too. Boop, boop, did em, dad em, wad em too, and they swam, and they swam right over the dam. It's always nice to have a song like that with a happy ending where they got back and they went back up the dam, which is not... Not an easy thing to do. Which is part of the problem with all the salmon who spawn going up there and the dams, they don't let them back up. But that's another program. 
on one of my Spirit in Action programs soon, we'll be dealing with that one. So we got the fishies back home safe, but you weren't satisfied with just fishies now. We've been out on the range, and we've, we've been with the fishies, and now we've got to deal with the other critters. Are you a real animal person? Do you have pets? Or maybe your hay fever also includes allergies to cats and dogs? I probably do have allergies to cats and dogs, but I have two cats, and I have a very dear therapy dog, Charlie, that goes to work with me all the time. So, yes, I love animals. What is a therapy dog? They're a very well-trained dog who can be around people who have outbursts or be around people who are in wheelchairs or are not very stable on their feet, and they know to watch the person and... They will come up to them, and he allows himself to be pet and to get a biscuit from them. And then when they're done interacting with him, then he knows that his time is over, and he goes to another part of the room and lays down and takes a nap. As a music therapist, is it typical to take along a therapy animal? No, it's not typical at all. But I have a great dog, and I wanted to incorporate him into my clients' lives because my clients are in group homes, and most of them don't have a pet available to them. It's a great way for them to learn trust and to learn loving touch. I don't suppose that you've trained the dog to sing harmonies. He does sing during the goodbye song. This I got to hear. Well, you picked out the next song, All God's Critters. I'm just wondering, I mean, obviously it's a song. It lifts people up. It connects people with wider community beyond the human family. What part does it play for you in spiritual journey and your outlook on things? I think I like All God's Critters because... I think it goes across age lines. When I sing it at church, the little kids are laughing, the old people are laughing, the children's parents are smiling and singing along, and everybody gets involved when I sing that song. So this is a song that you do at Plymouth UCC. Do you do the other songs too there? Mm, Some of them I do. I don't do Three Little Fishies there. Well, if people haven't heard it, they're in for another delight. All God's Critters, a great song about diversity and about how we all fit in. Here is Cindy Bradbury's version of All God's Critters. It's a Bill Stain song. All God's Critters got a place in the choir. Some sing low, some sing higher, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands or pause or anything they got now. Listen to the bass as the one on the bottom of the bullfrog croaking And the hippopotamus moaning and groaning with a big to-do And the old cow just goes moo The cats and the dogs are the ones in the middle While the honeybee hums and the crickets fiddle The donkey prays and the pony neighs And the old coyote howls Oh, God's critters got a place in the choir Some sing low, some sing higher Some sing out loud on the telephone wire Some just clap their hands or paws Or anything they got now Listen to the top where the little birds sing On the melody with the high notes ringing The hoot owl hollers over everything And the jaybird disagrees Singing in the nighttime, singing in the day The little duck quacks and he's on his way The 
possum ain't got much to say And the porcupine talks to himself All kinds of critters got a place in the choir Some sing low, some sing higher Some sing out loud on the telephone wire Some just clap their hands or paws Or anything they got now It's a simple song, a living song everywhere By the ox and the fox and the grizzly bear The grumpy alligator and the hawk above The sly raccoon and the turtle Some sing low, some sing higher, some sing out loud on the telephone wire. Some just clap their hands, a pause, or anything they got now. Unfortunately, we couldn't demonstrate while we were recording you play the part where people are supposed to be clapping, their paws, or hands, or anything they got now. But hopefully they did pick up on their part in the song. Do your clients get to do that kind of movement along as you sing? Yes, they do. That's part of of the therapy part of it, to have them clap along or to have them shake a maraca or play in a drum while I'm singing. Do you generally work with just one client or multiple clients at once? I work with individuals. It's one-on-one. Well, we're quite on an animal theme here. I guess it's quite natural. I Even though we tend to live surrounded by walls and away from animals, and we think it's horrible when animals like insects and mice occupy our homes, in fact, animals and people were side by side for much longer than we've lived isolated from animals. We also were (laughs) hunters-gatherers long before we were agricultural people. The fishing song, how does this fit for you? The Fishin' Song is a song that I adapted for Wisconsin. I have a friend who is a great fisherwoman. And another reason why I like this song for my clients is that the last three names of the verse I can use, I can insert their name in, and I find that when I insert their name into a song, they kind of perk up and pay more attention. It's also, I think, that the wilderness and the out-of-doors is God's cathedral. Do you make much time for yourself to go out to God's cathedral? Because Plymouth Congregational UCC is all indoors, I think. We have two outdoor services every summer. And I try to get my dog out and enjoy the nice days whenever I can. And I love to go camping. Where do you do that? What kind of camping? And is you or your daughter's not around, or maybe she is now? My daughter's around now, and she loves camping, which is kind of funny because she went into fashion design as a career, and she's pretty fashionable. But she gets out there and chops wood right alongside Mom. And I do the old-fashioned, hard kind of camping. I have a tent. I sleep on the ground. I chop my own wood. I enjoy nature, and I don't allow any electronics to come along on the trip. Pretty much any campground will do, because it's outdoors, and the birds are singing, and the deer are walking by, and that's the most important thing. Do you know who did the fishing song first? Who wrote it? Taj Mahal is the one. I'm pretty sure that he wrote it, and he's the one that made it famous, and he called it the Crawdad Song but I changed most of the species of the fish to match Wisconsin. So you actually know the species of fish that we have here? My friend, the fisherwoman, does. Ah, it's important to have knowledgeable friends. (laughs) 
Well, okay, let's listen to song number six in your Song of the Soul. This is Cindy Bradbury on today's Song of the Soul, and she's going to perform for us the fishing song. Bet you're going fishing all the time, baby's going fishing too. Bet your life, your sweet wife will catch more fish than you. Cause many fish are bite if you got good bait. Here's a little tip that I would like to relate. Many fish are bite if you got good bait. Cindy's going fishing, Charlie's going fishing, and Jason's going fishing too. When I'm down to my favorite fishing hole, baby, grab me a pole and line. But my line on in caught an itty bitty crappie, and I brought it on home for supper time. This next song is a really fun one, and I didn't run into it in part of my religious upbringing. I was raised Catholic, and I haven't heard it sung in Quaker circles either since I've been an adult, but I have a feeling it may be one that we have to add to our repertoire. When did this song, I Just Want to Be a Sheep, come into your life? When I was helping teach Bible school at the Methodist Church in Augusta, I heard it. And when I was working with one of my clients, I wanted to bring this one back. I sang it at the UCC, and everybody was on the floor laughing, basically. And they love it. So whenever I get up and get my guitar and sing, that's the song that they want to hear. For UCC, is rolling on the floor in laughter the Pentecostal equivalent of standing up and dancing in the aisle? No, they only do it during that song. (laughs) Are there any deep religious messages in this song for you? Yeah, I want to be a sheep. Jesus was a shepherd, and I want to be a sheep. So that's the serious side of the song. But you can get the serious side of the song in the back door by singing the funny words. I'm an uppity Quaker, so I don't identify so well with being a sheep. And I'm just kind of wondering if this period now with the UCC, you've given up your rebellion and you can now be sheepish. Hmm. I think I'm still a little bit rebellious, but I'm not sure how to answer that. (laughs) 
my advice to you is to not take leading comments from me and just say whatever is true for you, because that's the thing that you should really do is if you're not a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> being part of a congregation is a good thing. It's being part of a family, and that's what the Plymouth UCC is, is. It's just a big family. Okay, we'll end their suspense now. They're going to get a chance to hear Cindy Bradbury do I Just Want to Be a Sheep. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I was wondering, Cindy, if you've ever heard Garrison Keillor's retelling of the Christmas story, because he has a special bit in there when he talks about sheep and shepherds, because the shepherds were, of course, very privileged. They got called by the angels to witness the baby Jesus. And he goes on talking about shepherds were not your highfalutin people because sheep are not highfalutin critters. In fact, they're fairly stubborn and smelly and difficult in a lot of ways. First of all, have you heard Garrison Keillor say that? And second of all, how do you relate to sheep and shepherds? How does that work for you in your religious life? I've never heard the Garrison Keillor. I'm going to have to look it up now. I spent a summer birthing sheep, so I know how stubborn they can be. I think it's very important to be able to be open enough to be really, really silly sometimes. And that's what the song does for me. Obviously, you said you've done it in church. Is it also something you can use with your clients? Oh, they love it. When I do the ba-ba-ba, especially the ones that can't speak very well, they will sing the ba-ba-ba part with me. It's a very special moment. Sounds good to me. Well, you're packing in quite a few songs here. And this next song is very special for me. I was introduced to it by the woman who is now my wife. It was actually before she was my wife. We each prepared a tape of songs of music to share with the other to introduce ourselves to one another. 
And this is one of the songs that she chose to that. So it's really part of my marriage. How does Kermit singing It's Not Easy to Be Green speak to your soul? I think that some of my best friends are green. This song speaks to me about the differences that we have. And it's close to me because I work with the disabled and they are not accepted as a normal part of society. I also sang this for the first time at the UCC when I did a sermon on my music therapy and some of the special moments that I've had with my clients. It was a very emotional sermon and a very emotional song at that point, but it's it's very special song. For those who haven't heard the song, it really does a beautiful job of exploring how sometimes we diss ourselves by saying, well, other people are maybe better at this, and maybe that color is brighter, and so on. And this song really does, in a kind of a funny twist, it really lets you know it's okay to really value yourself and to find the beauty in yourself. Are there parts of yourself that you've had to struggle to find the beauty of, or are you relatively, all through your life, self-accepting? I struggle on a daily basis with self-acceptance and with wondering how I'm coming across and with self-confidence. And this song speaks to me because of those issues. Even though Kermit does a great job of singing it, we're going to let Cindy sing it here for us. The song is It's Not Easy Being Green, and it's being performed here by Cindy Bradbury. It's not easy being green Having to spend each day the colors of the leaves When I think it could be nicer being red or yellow or gold Or something Standing out like pretty sparkles on the water Or clouds in the sky But green is the color of spring And green can be cool and friendly like And green can be big But why wonder why? 
Cindy, you mentioned before you think you have a lot of friends who are green. What did you mean by that? I was partly thinking maybe you have a lot of ecologically motivated friends, you know, like part of the Green Party and so on. What did you mean by saying that you have friends who are green? I think that it's important to be friends with all kinds of diverse people. And by me saying that I have lots of friends who are green, it's like saying, yes, I have friends who are from a different race than I am or who are from a different dogma than I am or who are from a different family background than I am, but they're still my friends, and that's okay. UCC stands for United Church of Christ. How accepting are the the people of Plymouth, Congregational UCC, in terms of diversity of religious belief? What is the common denominator there, if there is one, if you can name it? Maybe it's too elusive to even name I'm not sure that I can name it, but from my own personal view, I think that they accept the handicapped. We have several different handicapped members. They accept the diversity of age. They accept the diversity of race or sexual orientation. And they don't actually talk about those things all that much, but it's just comfortable being there, being among people who believe the same things that I do so that I don't have to constantly argue the point. What I was actually asking about or wondering about was diversity of maybe theological belief. Would your agnostic brother feel comfortable, accepted in that circle? Would your half-Buddhist off the street be accepted in there? Is it that wide of a range or is it shades of Christian I think it's shades of Christian, but I can see them accepting all of those different people. It's a huge, loving family at Plymouth. I've never known a congregation quite like them. Well, I think our time is almost up, but I imagine that we couldn't say goodbye without saying goodbye musically. Happy trails. Is this a song that you do with your clients, too, when you're ending your sessions? I sing this song several times a day because I use it as a goodbye with every single one of my clients. And my therapy dog has learned that when I start singing Happy Trails, it's time for him to pick up his little bag and go stand by the door. Well, then let's let you say goodbye to the audience, the listeners of Song of the Soul. It's a song written by Dale Evans, made popular with Roy Rogers, Happy Trails. Happy trails to you until we meet again. Happy trails to you. Keep smiling until then. Who cares about the clouds and we're together to sing a song and think of sunny weather? Happy trails to you. trails to you until we meet again. 
It's really fun listening to you do all of these songs. And I was just wondering, Cindy, if it puts you in a real bind to be a shy person and to have all this music just waiting to burst out of you. I'm shy until I start singing. So that if you're going into a situation and you've got your music, then you're good? Then I'm good. Music is the language of the soul. Thank you for sharing your song of the soul and for singing it for us as well. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to a Song of the Soul interview with Cindy Bradbury. Cindy is part of Plymouth Congregational UCC, United Church of Christ, here in Eau Claire, and she works as a music therapist. You can hear this interview again via my website, northernspiritradio.org. On that site, you'll find a list of the music in this program, information about my guests, and links and information about other programs. Song of the Soul is produced by Mark Helpsmeet. If you'd like to share your Song of the Soul with the listeners of WHYS-FM radio, please contact me via my email address, helpsmeet at usa.net. That's H-E-L-P-S-M-E-E-T at usa.net. And please join me Sundays at 11 a.m. for Song of the Soul. You can